So, Autumn, you are a black woman. I am. And uh, I am a white man. Yes. How, how's that working out for us? <laughs> I'd say it's working out. I like I'm it. Saying, I'm saying it's, uh, it's working out. I mean, we couldn't have always made it work, that's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. And we got a little multiracial baby, too. We do. Two years old. Almost. She's killing it. Yes. <laughs> she She's loving life. She loves us. We love her. And a little family, a little multiracial family. How do you like being a black woman? <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's great. It's great. But I, I'll tell you that um, my my feelings and my identity around being black have changed. And, and will continue to. Yeah. How do you like me being a white man? That's all right. Hello there, my friends, and welcome to the Easy Dizit Podcast, a podcast all about travel planning and Disney entertainment through the lenses of mindfulness, behavioral health, and humor. I'm Autumn, a new-to-Disney enthusiast. And I'm Justin, a hyper-nerd travel planner and a behavior analyst. I'm here to bet you five very shiny keys that you are going to enjoy today's episode. If you do, please be so kind as to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would appreciate that a great deal. Also, tell your black neighbor about us. Oh, no, no black neighbor? Uh, maybe one of the black teachers at your child's school? Still no. Hmm. Today on the show, we are talking diversity, equity, and inclusion in the Disney Corporation. Oh, we're doing it. Just try and stop us. <laughs> but first we've got news, trivia, and mailbag with the Mildred to my Richard loving Autumn. <laughs> Hello everyone, happy to be here. Little, uh, little fun fact there, Loving versus Virginia, 1967, yes. uh, outlawed um, bans on interracial marriage. That's true, Supreme Court case. That's crazy, 1967. How many years ago was that, Math Wiz? I'm not gonna do try and do subtraction on a podcast. You could, well, but, 1970, 2021. But look at it this way: like, when when was your when was your mom born? When was my mom born? Yeah, 1957. My my mom was alive when it was illegal in most states to marry someone of a different race. It's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. And we'll get more into that later. Hey, you got any purse news? Is there is there a uh, Dooney and Burke update for us? Everyone, I, I just, I got her. She's here. She's arrived. We did our boys voyage out yesterday. Um, I'm looking at her. She is across the room, but I'm looking at her. She's physically present with us. Um, and <laughs> Should we get her I, on a microphone? <laughs> I, we should. We should. You know, I... Um, I was asking Justin, we went out um, last night together, which is nice. We had a little bit of a date night. And I was like, Justin, when was the last time there was like a, a material kind of object? Like a, a material thing that I just felt such, I don't know, like, like real excitement. Like I've just been, hold, like literally every room I've been in <laughs> since she arrived the other day. Like she's like, come with me. Um, so she's here. I have her. Um Stay tuned. Check us out on our Facebook and Instagram pages because there's some great unboxing and uh, first venture out with her little clips that yeah. we'll be showing. We'll try and get that out this week. Yeah. She's here. She is. She is. Uh, what, what, have we, uh, what have you used it for so far? <laughs> so uh, our main John out yesterday was actually we went to the movies together, oh, which yeah. was nice. Yeah. And let me tell you. This girl packs. Yeah. I mean, you. It was like a, just a whole. We had Bro. like a lunch. We had sandwiches, um, 
Don't tell the movie. Sorry, Cinemark. Uh, yeah. Uh, drinks, uh, chips, uh, sour gummies, because we go to, like, establish that before. Um, holds beautiful, but it's just, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful, smells great, and it came with, uh, shout out to Vicky305. So those of you that, um are on um, Mercari or are looking for bags or other things. Vicky305 was wonderful. She made me this beautiful handwritten note, like thanking me for the purchase. Um, she threw in the charm, just packaged it all really, really beautifully. So shout out to you, Vicky305. She sells a whole lot of other Disney and Dooney things. So check her out for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So overall so far, would you say you're satisfied with your luxury cartoon I, purse? I am like more satisfied than I even thought I would be. Oh, like wow. I'm like, I. I absolutely would have spent the money I spent on it over again. Oh, really? It was, yeah. Like, because okay. I, I was still, that's, was, this was a big step for me we sure. talked about last week. Sure, yeah. But I, no, wouldn't change my decision at all. Yeah, it's very cool. I like it. I Just, like it. yeah. <laughs> it is, it is. It's a very cool purse. Very cool Princess Tiana, uh, Purse. And I, I think emotionally, and we'll talk a little bit more about why the impact of having this particular purse is, yeah. I think, means so much to me. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Do you think that'll come up? I think so. All right, cool. Princess <laughs> Tiana. All right, so should we get started with highly suspect headlines? Yes, let's start it. All right, so highly suspect headlines. That's how we do news here on the Easy Dizzy Podcast. I'm not just going to tell you the news. I'm going to tell Autumn the news. Uh, some of these news items will be real, and some of them will be fake. So both Autumn and you, the listener, have to figure out, hmm, what's Justin up to? Is this the truth, or is this a lie? <laughs> All right, you ready for the first one, Autumn? I am ready. All right, first headline. Star Wars fans love the recent Disney promotional content for Galactic Star Cruiser Experience. True. That is a big false. Oh. Star Wars fans are not loving it. Okay. So Disney put out like a promotional video. Um, I think it was during D23 a couple weeks back. Okay. And the backlash was so significant, they actually deleted the video from the internet. Wow. Yeah. They deleted the content they created? Yeah. That's... And this content was linked in news articles like the New York Times. And now it's a gray box in those places. Why? What was so off-putting to fans? There's a couple things. One, there's a high level of cheesy cringe in this video. Oh. So it's like some actor kids like, gee, I'd love to learn more about the Star Wars Galactic Experience. Can you tell me more? There's that kind of thing and lots of smiling and just like very cheesy, dizzy promo stuff, which I, I, it's Disney, you know, but also it's Star Wars. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And That's I don't think they true. did a great job approaching it in terms of the story that they're trying to tell and the universe they're trying to tell a story in. Mm. Um, and then also, which I think might be a bigger part of it, is a lot of the backlash had to do with what you actually saw. Not so much like the cheesy way it was delivered, but what you actually saw. There was one point where they're walking down the hallway. I'll link this in the show notes because it's still on the internet. I don't know if Disney knows that you can't actually delete things from the yeah. internet. It's still there. It looks like they're walking down a hallway. It doesn't look like you're in a spaceship at all. There's like drywall oh. ceilings. Like it it doesn't look Oh, I hope that's not what it's very good. And I hope not either. I hope not either. Because like if you've been to Galaxy's Edge, there's no drywall ceilings in Galaxy's yeah. Edge. Yeah. Yeah. It's 360 degrees immersive experience. I think that's what people are expecting out of this hotel. Right, right. Wow. 
Yeah. And there, there's like, there's a song that a lot of people have criticisms. It ends in like a soft rock song mm. delivered by a Twi'lek. That doesn't look like, unlike your Twi'lek picture, oh. actually. Oh. Uh, she's a purple Twi'lek. And like, I think the song's fine, you know? But is like a soft rock song what you want to use to sell Star Wars to mm. the current Star Wars generation? No. Maybe not. They missed the, uh, they missed the mark on the audience. They missed like really... four or five marks in that promo material. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's So, and the, but then sad. there's a more recent. They sent a video out to people who had already booked. And I think this is much better. The video is kind of an in-universe. It's not a, hey, tell me about the Galactic Star Cruiser experience. It's actually someone from the Star Cruiser line giving you an update of what to expect on oh, your experience. Got it. So it's an alien, and she's telling you like what you're going to do. And I think that's probably what they should have done to begin with, like an in-universe story. Yes. Um, and then people still have things to say about that. But Autumn, I watched so many videos of people trashing both of these. And I the, had no idea. And like, and I get it, right? Because I'm a fan of things, and I don't like it when things don't meet my expectation. But a lot of the videos for this, and I guess I shouldn't be terribly surprised because it's the internet, were just, the criticisms were hollow crap. Oh. Yeah. It was like a really like, well, that's not the Star Wars universe because it's not dirty. It's like, this is a high-end cruise line. It's not going to be dirty. This isn't right. Tatooine. Friend. Exactly. Right, right. You're spending money to yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This should That's be more, in, and I think it should be in line with, like, something you might have seen, um, you know, Canto Bike, the casino city. Like, sure. high-end, you know, cool, chic. And I and I see where it missed those marks, but a lot of the criticism, criticisms, they were just repeating each other. You know, this isn't what I, this isn't Star Wars, this isn't that, this isn't, and I guess that's the internet. I shouldn't be too surprised or complain about internet, interneting, but, yeah. Um, you know, it's a good point. Again, I think we can all uh, relate to a time where we were excited about something. Yeah. <laughs> and it didn't, you know, then we were let down because of the way the actual experience was or the yeah. way it was told to us, so... You know, and I think there's a learning curve. I think, it, you know, it's important to note that even a place like Disney, like Star Wars hasn't, they haven't been doing Star Wars like forever, you know, so learning what that looks like for them, I think is going to be a learning curve. If that makes sense. I think you're being way too kind to Disney because they have been doing Disney. They have been doing Star Wars for a while. They built Galaxy's Edge, which is super yeah. immersive, super, it way exceeded my expectations. But I'm, I'm talking about not, in, I don't mean in terms of park design, I mean in terms of like Marketing, Disney's should but be how, one of the how, best. But how many years have they been marketing Star Wars, though? Yeah. A lot of that, like that in itself, is a different. Yeah. They've been able, for the most part, to kind of keep their very kind of kid, a little yeah. bit cheesy yeah. marketing. But it's right, Star Wars is a different marketing that is different. I will, I, give think... you that. I will give you that. I do think that the marketing promotional materials for Galaxy's Edge was actually pretty good. You know, yeah. it was like this exciting, upbeat, come check this place out. Yeah. But no, I see what you're saying. I think that's a valid point. I love, I like, and, I, and then I think they've done some great things. I love the one that we got that were like, wait a minute, is this like the three of us <laughs> 15 years from now? Yes. That was really, I thought that was good. I didn't think that was with cheesy. The family, it was a little cheesy. The interracial family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, it was just like a 15 second teaser. Yes. It was awesome. Yeah. They were in a room that looked like they were in space. They were all dressed. They were dressed to the nines and it was just like you had this brief glimpse of a family having a blast in a story. Yes. That's yes. that was good promotional material. So yeah. they can do it right. I just don't know like what happened here because that initial promotional thing that they released was was cheesy and cringe and it showed some things that didn't seem to be very high quality. 
And I, I personally like the, the video that they sent out to people who had booked. I thought it was good, but a lot of people had, you know, concerns yeah. about its cohesion with the storyline, mm-hmm. you know, which sure. I, geeks are going to geek too. Like, I don't, that's cool. You know, like this doesn't mm-hmm. fit into the storyline 100%. Okay. I think my biggest concern is that the experience, like the, the place can't look like a hotel, it has to look like a spaceship. That's the whole point. Yeah. It has to look like a spaceship. That's what I'm, you know, if we ever do it, it is so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> that you, I mean, for me, it's like, that's, I mean, I'm really paying to feel like I am. On a spaceship. Yeah. Or like, the closest thing I can relate it to is how I feel when I'm in Pandora. Yeah. But I have to say, as, as expensive as Disney is, I don't get that feeling really in any other place, in any of the parks. Like, Pandora, I think, has a, really did an awesome, just an amazing job. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, when yeah. I'm on the spaceship, I want the floors to vibrate when the engines kick on. You know, I want to hear whatever I would hear. And you're going to need to tell me what I would hear, Disney. But I need to, like, hear and feel like I'm on a spaceship. Can't I want to know, my main question, most importantly, Joe Rohde, are you involved in no. this? He's not at all? No. He's gone. He's he's working for SpaceX now. Oh, he, like, left? No, he's gone. He's working when did for he SpaceX. leave? He retired. And he was retired for, like, two months. And then he's working for SpaceX. Oh, oh, he's really, oh my gosh. It's either SpaceX or the other company. Oh, that's, oh, doing, that's really, I'm they're that's doing sad. Like, um, space tra- this, they're doing, he's working with the company that's sure. doing space tours. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's awesome, Joe Rody, And I hope that, <laughs> I really do. I hope that you're happy, but I'm sad for us. All right. <laughs> All right. Next headline. Zenia Muka, chief communications officer, reverses decision to step down. Hmm. Chief Communications Officer? Yep, Zenia Muka. True. This is false. So she announced back in July, they announced she was going to step oh. down. And they actually recently announced that uh, the comms director for the Deep Water Horizon um, oil spill, mm. remember that when mm-hmm. British Petroleum dumped a bunch of oil in the Gulf? I remember that. The communications director for that is now going to be named the new communications chief. <laughs> Interesting. So what are you guys expecting with this? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Mean, yeah, if you can handle that, you can probably handle Disney. Uh, so that could be good. Oh. Uh, so yeah, this is Zenia Muka. Do you know anything about her? She started back yeah. in the Eisner era. Um, oh, so she's been there for a while. Yeah. And she's she's like a powerful piece of... She's like the power behind the power is <laughs> what you know um, she was referred to in, in a New York Times article. Yes. She's also been referred to, here's a couple, as a warrior princess, razor sharp and acid-tongued, uh, mother crocodile, and director of revenge. <laughs> Who has given her these titles? So oh, no. Some people, um, yeah, she's she's tough. She's tough. Um, That's a tough job, man. It is a tough job, and it needs a tough person. Yeah. A little bit on her background here, I read from this uh, New York Times article, though. She was born uh, to Ukrainian parents in a village in northern Poland. Right? She lived mm-hmm. in a house without plumbing until she was nine. Uh, in 1965, her family immigrated to New York City, where her father became a grave digger. So she comes for some... Wow. You know, Can some you... Wait. For rural sure. Ukraine with no plumbing, and then you move to New York City? Yeah. Ooh, I cannot imagine. I mean... So she was she was actually wow. comms director for Pataki, for Governor Pataki. So she was in politics before she got started with Disney. Where is she going? Uh, I think she's just... She, she's Time. 65. She's retiring. But she's probably... I don't know. Probably not going to retire like Brody. She'll probably do... Well, actually, you know what? Some people have said... Uh, that if Iger were to run for president, that she would be involved in that campaign. Oh. So maybe she's setting up. 
Bobby Iger. Iger for want to run for president? Yeah, I feel been, like he doesn't want to. There's like. been talk. There's been talk about that for a while. People talking, not him. Well, yeah, no, I don't think he's come out. I, I just feel like he'd know. be like, no, I'm like, why? 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 He can do anything just, he wants. Yeah, exactly. Why would you want to be president? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and honestly, it has more power in so many things in his with it than you, than you have even yeah, as president. Maybe he got some ideas and he thinks he can help. Well, I mean, hey, I'd be willing to talk to him. If you're listening, <laughs> if you're listening, uh, if you want to come on this podcast and talk about some Do you think he'd, you announce, know, interest in, <laughs> he'd announce his run on the Easy Dizzit podcast? It's possible. It's yeah. possible. Hey, we're talking about equity here. Yeah. So, you know, giving to groups that are uh, typically underdogs, you could say, or, or marginalized. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we are, like, at the forefront of the campaign to get Bob Iger on a Dooney and Burke purse. Yes, we are. So, this would be a very good place for him to go. <laughs> All right, you ready for your third headline? Yes. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Oh, that's so hard to say that. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway at Disneyland will likely have additional show scenes compared to the Walt Disney World version. Yes, true. It's true, yeah. Yeah, they filed a Hmm. permit and it shows 16 show scenes where there's only 13 show scenes at the Disney World version. Wow, I mean, that's a lot. That's, I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, three additional scenes. Yeah, that's a big, yeah. I like it when there's differences between the parks. It gives you a reason to go. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. They team, they seem to really uh, keep that up, having not the same thing in different parks. All right. Ready for the fourth headline? Ready. All right. It's another Disneyland headline. Okay. New private investigator Jessica Rabbit figure debuts on Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin at Disneyland. True. It is true. Woohoo! Yep, so she's not in, like, the slinky red dress anymore. Yeah! I was going to say, I'm like, that's her character, right? Yeah. Yeah, she set up, like, a private investigator, kind of, like, in this yellow trench coat and hat, like, a Dick Tracy kind of look to it. I dig that. I dig that's awesome. She's kind of, you know, a cool character. But I like that they're kind of reframing it a little bit and adding something. That finishes up Highly Suspect Headlines. Autumn, yep. what's it time for? Now it's time for Ace Dumps J, where I provide Justin with some trivia related to Disney World, Land, Universal, etc. And uh, I try to stump them. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Last uh, episode, I believe, we kind of had an Epcot theme. We did. And so today we have another theme. Ooh. You ready to find out what it is? Tell me about it. All right. Stump number one. <laughs> What happened 20 minutes after opening day of Animal Kingdom? It's a very specific time frame, I know. It's tough. 20 minutes after opening, on opening day. All right, so I know they expected a bunch of protesters. Only a few showed up. I don't Mm. think it has anything to do with protesters. That's a good guess, though. No animals got out of their cages. Um, That would be bad. That would be bad. Gosh. I'm going to say there was a power outage. So, that's a nice try. That's incorrect. Okay. The parking lot closed. It holds 4,500 cars, and they were at capacity 20 minutes after they opened on opening day. Oh, wow. Yep. Uh, It's 100 acres, 4,500 cars, and it closed 20 minutes after opening on opening day. It's (laughs) supposed to simulate a desert environment. Mm. Mm. And it feels it. It feels it. It is one hot parking lot. Yeah, that parking lot is... Not as friendly big, as the other ones. Once you're in it, it's awesome, and you have like way more trees, and like it's much better than like Magic yeah. Kingdom. But yeah, that, that parking lots—that's <laughs> part of the design. Because you, when you reach the oasis, 
You've left the desert and you're in the oasis. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I love that. I loved walking in. All right. Stump number two. How many species in Animal Kingdom? Why are we calling them stumps? Mm-hmm. I feel like you're. We established that. Well, I'm trying. They're, yeah, but they're possible like stumps. The, exactly. They're potential stumps. They're not stumps oh. until after I get them. Wrong. Okay. Okay. I feel like you're, you you're throwing a lot of negative vibes <laughs> in my way I'm here. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Trivia question number two. Thank you. Thank More you. stale, but <laughs> if it works for you, I'll keep it. How many species have reproduced in uh, Animal Kingdom Park since it opened? How many different species have reproduced? Oh, a lot of them. There's always babies. So there's definitely zebras and hippos. Um, uh, there's been a gorilla. Uh, I'm sure the antelopes are shooting off babies. No problem. So I'm going to say 15. It is way more than 15. Wow. I was very shocked at this number. It's wow. 116. Wow. And an antelope was the first baby, though. That was really... That's great that you said that. 116 different species. Wow. All right. Keep it going. Keep, yeah. Uh, keep up that... They must have a lot of Barry White at night. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's a lot. I'm just imagining doing... So we've... I've only done the safari, Kilimanjaro, during the day. Mm-hmm. But how cool would it be to go through that at night with, like, the night vision and just yeah. have that song playing the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did the, the night safaris now. That would be a good addition. <laughs> Just like real gent- gentle in the background. Um, all right, you ready for number three? I'm ready for number three. Okay. What will you not find in Animal Kingdom parks that you will find in other parks? And this is, I'll, I'll give you this hint it has to do with the safety of the animals. Well, there's no fireworks. True, but that's not it. Um, okay. Well, there's no gum in any of the parks. That's true. Safety of the animals. Mm. These things could potentially be harmful to the animals, so they don't yeah. offer them specifically in Animal Kingdom. Yeah, Park. that's... I kind of assume that. Sharp, pointy sticks. Okay, keep going with that. Selfies. No, there's no selfie sticks allowed mm, anywhere. You have the uh, you have the complete concept. It's just really? another thing. That's a joke. Oh, maybe the wands? The glow wands? Nope, go back to the stick. You're a little closer with the stick. <laughs> tranquilizer guns. You're not allowed to bring what else tranquilizer guns. Might people have in other parks that has that structure? A churro. <laughs> no, it was food related though. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and tell me? Alright, straws. Oh. Straws and couplets. You won't get anything with a straw or couplet in Animal Kingdom wow. because they they're easy to get thrown on the ground or get blown, and and they I mean the big choking hazards. Yeah. So you won't find those. But those you like Magic Kingdom if you get food. You don't want to ca- you don't want a capybara running into a straw. No, that's a mess. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So you won't find uh, yeah no straws and of course no gum, but you won't find that anywhere mm. in any of the parks. Yeah, interesting, huh? You were really... I was like, yes, you have the concept of the thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, last one. Are you ready, Justin? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. Number four. Animal Kingdom... You might know this one. Animal Kingdom scientists discovered two new blank never before reported in elephants. Two new blanks never before reported in elephants. Yes, so this is something that's new... That's been newly discovered in elephants that these two Disney scientists discovered. Memories. Ooh, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was. They are known answer. for their memory, I yeah. suppose. But that's um, not it. But yeah, I mean, it's so it's probably something behavioral. Um, let's say a mating ritual. Ooh, that's close. You want to expand on that a little bit? No. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, vocalizations. Vocalizations. I don't know if they're related to mating, but certainly this communication is behavior. So. Cool. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Yeah, they have a lot of subsonic communication, I think. Elephants uh, communicate at frequencies lower than what we can hear. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. Mm-hmm. Might be true. I don't, in this case, I don't know. I have read that. I'm familiar with that. Um, it didn't say in this this snippet, but I would love to find out more about that. It'd be interesting. But I just thought that was cool. You know, I know one of the hesitations I had, as you all know, I'm new to Disney. What's What does the care look like, you know, with the animals? And is it just going to be like going to a zoo like you do other zoos? And it is so not. And these animals are so receiving. And, and the folks that work with the animals are like top-notch yeah. veterinarians and researchers and scientists and you know what the uh, they called Animal Kingdom in, in part of the promotional when it was opening? Oh, and I don't know if it's it's kind of... So they said it's... They used uh, the word not a zoo. Like it was an African word, not a zoo. But it's not a zoo. Oh. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> this is yeah. before they had uh, anyone doing DI. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Interesting. Not a zoo. Hmm. All right. So right, that ties up uh, the old Ace Dumps J segments. Let's do some mailbag. Let's bust open that mailbag. Oh, what do we have this week? So we got something from actually a buddy of mine, Sean. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm going to read it. Uh, So, I have to admit that I have never listened to a full Easy Dizzit episode until today. Well, considering he's been on episodes, number one, shame on you. (laughs) We love you, Sean. (laughs) He, He continues, some clips? Sure. A cold open here or in there? Absolutely. But I have just been consuming so much pizza content and music that I've never made time for the old Easy Dizzit. So yeah, he's uh, he makes some of the best pizza in mm-hmm. L.A. And plays, I'm just going to say, some of the best music in L.A. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's short. Both of those things. So yeah, I get it. Fine. Fine. You don't have a lot of time to hear me talk about Disney. He continues. Well, let me tell you. Big mistake by me. I love this episode, and you and Autumn are both phenomenal, and I learned so much about Disney and life. Aww. <laughs> so thank you, Sean. And I agree, it was a big mistake. It was a big mistake. But it takes a big man to admit he's made a big mistake. So thanks for coming around, doing the right thing, and listening to our podcast. Yes, well we do done, really Sean. appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, it was really nice and bright Monday. Mine too. That's so. Awesome. Yeah, so speaking of people listening to our show, we're still a small podcast. We said this before, and I'll be honest, we'll just be transparent. Uh, we get anywhere from 15 to 40 uh, listens a week. Right? Yeah. So that's about where we are. We're, you know, we're new, we're just, and there's a lot of Disney podcasts. Yesterday, I checked the stats. On December 11th, we got 242 listens. <gasps> Mama. Yeah, and it's across <laughs> all episodes. I don't know if it's a real wow. jump, but if it is a real jump, and you're and, because it appears everyone came from Apple Podcasts, and yeah. you're a new listener, hey, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Yeah, if you found us through like a feature mm. or some link, please let us know. Yes. I'm really curious, like where 240 listeners came from, because <laughs> that's like that's 150 percent increase in our total listens in yeah. one day. So, yeah, let us know. <laughs> let us know. Thank you. Yeah, and if you want, again, yeah, we'd love to hear like what you listened to or where you found us. Yeah, I want to know where you um, found us. And if you like that's us. That's helpful for us, yeah. Please leave a review on yeah. Apple Podcasts. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, though. That's such a huge jump. That's awesome. Yeah, we'll see what um, happens. Uh, we'll see what happens next week. Yeah. All right, that finishes up Mailbag. 
So stick around and you're going to hear Autumn and I talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion in the Disney World Corporation. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Thank you. That's Walt Disney's quote from the opening of Disneyland. And I think some things here that pretty important. First of all, he says, welcome all, right? He's talking to everybody, all. He says, Disneyland is your land. Mm. You, everybody, this is your place. Mm -hmm. Here, age relives fond memories of the past. And here, youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. And I think that those two things together mm -hmm. are, that's tension, mm -hmm. right? We got some old timey stuff here and we got new stuff. And that's like, that's human nature. There's a tension between change and staying the same. And sure. it's, it's right in there. Yeah. He says Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, dreams, and hard facts. That have created America. Yeah. Walt Disney said it's dedicated to the hard facts. Mm -hmm. So I think we're, we're going to talk about some hard facts today. And, and it may come off to some people as like Disney bashing, you know, because we're not going to, it's not going to be a sunny, optimistic view 100% of the time. But I just want to say to you, someone who might have that opinion, that Walt Disney said that Disneyland's about the hard facts. I look at this um, two ways. One is that these were his words, and they are, I think, important and, and, and should carry weight. I think the other flip side of this is that, you know, was the meaning behind those words really the, really the meaning of the words? Do you know what I mean? Like, oftentimes when we talk about um, using terms like all and wanting to include people and wanting things to be fun and wanting to have things created for them, we're doing that, even if not intentionally, but not really thinking of other people. What we're doing is envisioning ourselves. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think that'll be interesting. And if you are yeah. listening and you hear something, something I, I think can be helpful to do when we're talking about hard information or information um, that might create some like cognitive um, you know, dissonance is these two like uh, principles. So keep these two principles in mind while we're talking today. Number one is, uh, am I listening to learn some new information? Because we're likely, Justin and I will bring up some information that's new. And number two, um, am I leaning into some information that might be uncomfortable to hear? Um, whether that's you're being presented with new information, you're trying to like sit with it and grapple with, you know, former information that you have. But those are two things uh, that can be helpful to, to, to keep in mind as we're talking today, because it is a really sensitive subject and one that people feel strongly about. Sure, no, I think that's a good point. And you might be, I think, you know, when something's uncomfortable, we turn away from it. And you know what? You can, you can press the next button. You can check out the next podcast. There's a lot of good podcasts. There's a lot of great Disney podcasts out there that aren't talking about this. I would just ask that you just turn down the volume, let it play in the background so we can get the play count. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's, let's, let's get go. into it. All right. yeah. So Autumn, 
Disney for me, uh, growing up, it's like this magical, cool place that I want to go to, mm-hmm. right? It's it's awesome. You didn't have that opinion, and you know, it was because you weren't really familiar with it. Uh, you did end up liking Disney World, but I want to bring you back to when you walked into Main Street, you yeah. know, for the first time, or when you saw the videos that I showed you of Main Street. Mm-hmm. What were your general impressions of Main Street USA and the Magic Kingdom? Yeah, so even before we went, we ha- I had seen videos before of Disney, you had shown me videos, and I remember you being very excited about it, like, oh, isn't this cool? It's kind of like, I don't old know what you use, old timey. Rag time piano. I just, no, I, I kind of hated it. I uh, immediately felt zero connection to it and uh, couldn't relate to why so many people enjoyed it and and i think my thought too was that that was kind of what all the disney parks were which greatly contributed to like no heck no i don't want to go to that places <laughs> there's nothing about that that speaks to anything i'm interested in culturally no yeah. i didn't i didn't see me in that all that what was talking about and maybe this is why you didn't see yourself there because Main Street USA is modeled after Walt's boyhood home, Marceline, Missouri, 1890 to 1910. Mm-hmm. So a Confederate state in the turn of the century. Yes. Th- there weren't a lot of, like, well, there weren't interracial couples walking down the street. We would not be <laughs> on that Main Street during <laughs> no. that time together. No, that would be a problem. Uh, that would yeah, be a would problem. Be a problem. That would yeah. be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. But see, I never looked Put at gently. it that way. I looked at it as this, like, happy, cool place. There's... Like it's and it is. It is. An, it's an idealized place. You know, there's a huge arcade on Main Street. How cool mm-hmm. is that? Or at mm-hmm. least an arcade sign. You know, um, ice cream smells like ice cream and waffle cones everywhere. There's you know, barbershop quartets. You know, pumping out the jams. There's carriages and old timey cars. It's just this cool. And to me, that's all cool because I can identify that as a place that hey. If I was around in 1890 and 910 and I had a dime, I could get an ice cream right there, you know? But maybe, Autumn, you couldn't get an ice cream right there. I could not. Yeah. So so that kind of like, okay, that changed my perspective on Main Street. And now I'm a little, I I got a little angry at Main Street, to be honest, because it's like, like, I know it's not real. I know it's a story, but it's a story where if if we were in that story, it wouldn't be a happy ending for us. Yeah. So and it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. And I know like some people might say like, okay, well, don't think about it. You know, it's like, well, it's easy for me before I met you to not think about it. That's what I was doing. I was not thinking about it. That's the privilege. It was great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then once you think about it, it's like, ah, kind of a bummer. Yeah. Kind of a bummer. Yeah. You know, and I'm not saying like they need to tear down Main Street. I don't think that's the answer at all. I don't know what the answer is. Uh, I still enjoy it to a certain extent, but like I completely understand why you don't. You know, <laughs> and I'm not going yeah. to wax poetic with you about the the how beautiful and grand it is. You know. Yeah. There's some cool things there. Don't get me wrong. There's some really cool features there. The the telephones in the hat store. It's awesome. Oh yeah. Listening yeah, down that the party neat. line. Yeah, sure. The fact that the uh, the Imagineers' names are on all the windows super cool but it does it is a representation of a time and a culture that was not accepting to my wife and not accepting to our relationship yeah and and again i think again right speaks speaking culturally just about what right what i would have been around what i would have had had exposure to what i would have been able to like appreciate all of that yeah very different very different i remember like a quick relation to when I was younger I did Girl Scouts and it was this big thing to always do these sock hop dances that like it was like 40s 50s yeah. um 
and it just was always so uncomfortable. Yeah. And it wasn't like at that age, other kids or even adults were like, you know, talking of who they weren't at all, right? About like what that meant for different folks at that time. Yeah. Um, it, was it just a- was always a very uncomfortable and just couldn't relate to that. Like yes. that was, there was no, there was nothing about that time, like even necessarily the hair, the music, the dress that was culturally spoke to me as a you know african-american woman so and i don't think we're not saying like okay main street and uh sock hop dances were designed to make um black people feel excluded or uncomfortable that's not that's not what i'm saying at least what i'm saying is like these the creation of these things happen through this narrow lens of whiteness and and in most cases like white maleness right so this this main street it's through the eyes of a little walk, you know, and it's not his fault he was a little white boy, like, and that's how he saw the world, and that's what he put here. But if we, like, as a culture, like, as a, all of us, like, as America, only rely on those representations, that hurts us. That hurts, and when I say us, I mean us white guys. And I think a good example of that is, I mean, like, I had a vague idea of what an ofrenda was, mm-hmm. but until I saw Coco, I didn't understand the cultural significance of, it, of an ofrenda. Yeah. You know, that's a that's a piece of the world I didn't understand. It was There was less richness in my life before I knew that, before I understood more about that culture. Right. I listened to an interview, uh, a Terry Gross interview, about uh, with the creators of the recent movie Soul. Awesome. And before they brought in a black um, consultant, they didn't really develop the character. When the consultant came in, he's like, I don't know anything about this person. And it was really because, one, they didn't want to be offensive. They didn't want to lay lay black stereotypes in there. But that fact right there, that they knew there was such a void in their understanding of black people. Right. Right? That's a problem. That was probably really uncomfortable for them. Mm -hmm. That required them to, you know, to make some decisions. And, and, you know, people still have problems with this movie. And I'll, I'll put some links in the show notes. Yeah. But um, the world is less rich when we tr- when we choose to see it through just these narrow lenses. And it and it and it can have some some negative impacts, right, on the yeah. folks that aren't seen. And that's the oh, wait. The so this isn't all about wait. Wait. This isn't all about me as a white man. No. <laughs> okay. No. 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 <laughs> it is. It's not. I just wanted it, to make that point because I think like sometimes this um, kind of topic can be like you got to do the the right thing. For, for people of color, right? And I think that's true, but I think also part of this is we have to realize how keeping these narrow points of view can be detrimental to ourselves as white people. Sure. Yeah. So diversity, equity, and inclusion. Autumn, mm-hmm. this is actually something that you work with, I and do. that's what we're going to talk about today. So could you just give us like the thumbnail? What is diversity, equity, and inclusion? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to tell you right off the bat, they're not the same thing. There are words that I often hear uh, used interchangeably, but okay. they are not the same thing. Three words mean so, three different things. Three different things. So let's start with the D is diversity. So when we're talking about diversity. You're really talking about um, a, a spectrum of, of perspective, right? So diversity, you, number one, oftentimes people use diversity when they're describing a person. 
but that's incorrect for many reasons because a person can't you you're only in you're only diverse in relation to other people okay okay um but yeah so diversity is really talking about representation right and that is in all sorts of all sorts of facets gender identity sexual orientation ethnicity etc and then you can even get a little more complex and talk about diversity in terms of the the overlay or the intersection of different identities. So say gender identity and socioeconomic status. That's diversity, representation. I'm going to jump to inclusion. <laughs> okay. So inclusion is important. And inclusion means that um, people from those different identities, right, are included and see themselves and are invited into um, various spaces. So, you know, when we talk about like seeing ourselves or seeing different groups in movies now, right, in television shows, that's inclusion. Um, different voices and perspectives are being brought out of the margins, right, and into the mainstream. That's inclusion. The middle that I want to talk about, which is super important and not talked about enough, is equity. So what is equity? Hmm. Justin, you want to take a stab at it? Oh, so I don't actually. I was referring okay. to the professional hair. What All is right. equity? Yeah. So, so equity, commonly when people hear equity, they think of treating everyone fairly, giving everybody the same thing, or they think of, you know, kind of just giving everybody what they need. I, you know, working in schools, this often is, well, we have to like give special education to students. This is something I think about, right? Like what they need so that they can succeed in school. Sure. That is certainly a part of equity, right? Giving everyone individually what they might need. And that means, by definition, that um, not every student or every person is going to get the same thing. So equity is not equality. That's the first difference. Equality is, is the same, right? So okay. if we both get the same size and kind of Kit Kat, yep. that's equality. Equity would be your whole family, you have a Kit Kat farm. Right. Right. I've only experienced half a Kit Kat in my life. Right. So are you going to need the, the amount of Kit Kats that I have? No. No. Are you no. going to need like explanation about how to achieve Kit Kat level status? No. No. I am. Right. But that's not equal. We're not getting the same amount. I'm getting what I need. You already have what you need. Okay. The other part of equity, which often gets left out, is changing uh, systemic issues or changing yeah. and, and getting to the root cause of an issue. So a really common example um, of this that I see is it's, you know, the holiday season. Oftentimes people want to be charitable. And so they think of homelessness, which is a huge problem, not only in our state of Connecticut, I mean, the world, the country. And so often what people want to do is they want to give, right? So they donate hats, coats, gloves, etc. Chip bags. Food, chip bags. Yeah, they're making bag, uh, sleeping bags out of chip bags yes. now, which I... I don't know how I feel about that. I guess a sleeping bag is a sleeping bag, but... Sure. Um, I mean, and, and that's an important, and so are the other things, right? Those are all important things that like homeless people need right in the moment there are real things however the issue with that is oftentimes that's the extent to uh, the extent of where people go to help homelessness where instead to be equitable we really should be looking at why are people homeless yeah. in the first place here i'm kind of trying to mend the current crisis which is needed and important um, but i'm not getting to mending why people are homeless and people are homeless the two main reasons for lack of affordable housing all right, and an income that's insufficient, right, for, yeah. for where they're living. So being equitable would be to actively acknowledge what those systems are and then work to whatever level you can individually with groups of people to try to change those two root causes. Because if we're not changing that system, 
homelessness is going to continue, right? So that's an example. Diversity is representation. Inclusion is seeing yourself invited to the party, right? Or your experience is heard. And equity is changing the root cause of inequities. So they all sound important. They all sound interrelated. Like diversity and inclusion are great, but if there isn't equity, are we making long-term systemic impact, right? Sure. So Disney has made some moves recently, mm -hmm. um, in the last year or so, around DEI. You tell us about that. Yeah, I, so I have been very excited um, and pleasantly surprised, honestly, with the work. You know, I had heard that they were making shifts, but was very hesitant to yeah. <laughs> give them credit for, honestly, I'll be honest, for what they were doing. Um, if you check out, um, they've got a great video called Reimagine Tomorrow. It's a wonderful two minute clip. Yeah, let's roll the audio here. I'll put the audio for that right here. What if the world saw me the way I see me? Not as a criminal, but a kid. Not a foreigner, but a father. Not bossy, but boss. A world that doesn't see me for all of my potential, all of my humanity, all of my dreams, doesn't see me at all. So how do we change how we see? At Disney, we start by acknowledging that the images we show and the stories we tell affect how people see themselves, how we see each other, and we haven't always gotten it right. But to reimagine tomorrow, we have to commit today to doing all we can to use the power of storytelling, to be honest about the world as it was, reflect the world as it is, and imagine the world as it can be. To show the magic in every life, one complex, beautiful, human story at a time. So I'll kind of break it down on two levels, and two different levels, we'll say, Parks and then um, entertainment, both what we see and kind of behind the scenes, are those global areas where Disney is really looking to um, bring inclusion, bring diversity, and bring some equity. We'll talk. I'd love to see them bring equity a little bit more, but yeah. they have they have some I components think in that there. That audio sure. that we just heard talks a lot about diversity and inclusion, right? Yeah. Saying that these representations that we've seen in the past from Disney have not been entirely positive, pro-social, and we're making an effort to change that. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess I can talk a little bit about the history of the parks. I don't want to go into the entire history, and I won't here. There's there's other resources for you. The, you if you know a, a good amount about Disney history, you know there's various examples of problematic representations in the parks. It's, I mean, the park opened in 1955, right? A year after Brown versus the Board of Education. Disneyland. Disneyland, yeah. So there are going to be some problematic representations just based on the error Correct. And I'm not making excuses, uh, but yeah, it's going to be there. But I think if you look at something like, you know, Epcot Spaceship Earth, 
which was, you know, that was one of the original rides in Epcot. You know, that was or the first year rides. Uh, it's There's been a bunch of script rewrites for it, but they've always been, it's a very Eurocentric story. And the name of the ride is Spaceship Earth, like Earth, mm-hmm. right? And it is the story of communication currently, but it was more than just Europeans communicating, right? right? And there's some things in there. there. You know, there's been rewrites. Some of them have been good. Some of them haven't. But in this latest rewrite, uh, the Dame Judi Dench script, she talks about how there was the burning of the library, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we can smell it. We can smell the burning of the library in the ride. But don't worry, because Arabic people were the, it was the first backup. You know, like Islamic people were the backup for Western culture. Like the they, like algebra, algebra. You know, like, you you don't have a computer without algebra. They weren't just a backup. They were creating information and knowledge themselves, and Mm -hmm. it totally gets glossed over on the ride. I think there's an opportunity here with, like, they were talking about, you know, before the pandemic, reimagining it, you know, in in terms of storytelling. And maybe that gives them the opportunity to say, like, okay, there's a whole earth filled with stories. Let's tell them. You know, and, and this Epcot, you know, which has the world's fear in it. And, you know, we won't get into like yeah. the European representation far outweighing, you know, like the actual yes. global situation. <laughs> exactly. In the world's fear. It's disproportionate. We'll give yeah. you that heads up. <laughs> yeah. Like if you just went to the Epcot, you wouldn't know about South America. <laughs> it's mainly Europe. And Europe is. The... Yeah, it doesn't make it yeah. doesn't make sense. I mean, you'd know there's Africa, but you'd think it looks like Morocco, the entire continent. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We can also say, you know, the culture, the Disney culture, and Disney as their parks and in their training are very much about the Disney culture. It is a very white culture, mm-hmm. right? The look, we talk about like the Disney look is a very white look. Yes. Clean cut here, no beard, no tattoos. These things that could be cultural signifiers, wash them out. We want clean cut. And you know, I, you know, when Walt started the parks, he resisting against this idea that parks, theme parks, amusement parks were kind of like the carny thing, right? Mm-hmm. He wanted it to be an upscale, high class, clean family environment, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why these things were put in place in the 50s. And if we maintain those standards into the 2020, I think we run the risk of being outdated right and and missing the cultural yes but i will also say so right um i think more people are thinking about it now so i get the update but i i also want to say that it doesn't even though more people might be conscious of it now it doesn't mean that it was necessarily you know relevant then right because there's a whole bunch of people it didn't fit it's just uh, there wasn't the majority of people that would have noticed or been upset about it as those those groups of people were really silenced and oppressed. Right. But so I just just want to point that's out that point. distinction that that's that it doesn't mean that it was any <laughs> less problematic. Right. right. It just you have more people say something about it now. That's right. Or want to say something about it now and see it now. Yeah. Um, and they didn't. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, so now I think in the parks, you know, with the there was a April uh, blog post by Josh Demaro on the mm-hmm. Disney Parks blog about adding mm-hmm. this fifth key. Yes. Right. And what was the fifth key, Autumn? The fifth key they're calling inclusion. Yes. Which you all understand very well now, <laughs> due to my really brief explanation. Yeah, uh, it's basically saying like everyone is welcome at the park. We we want to see a representation of, of different people. And would you would you believe it? There was a middle-aged white guy that had a problem with this. Mm. <laughs> he got this. I believe it, Justin. I believe it. <laughs> he 
He got this article published in the Orlando Sentinel as an op-ed, and I gotta tell you, this article boiled my blood. And he got dragged on the internet for it. I'm not the only guy sure. upset about this, but I, I, the name of the article, of the op-ed, is I Love Disney World, But Wokeness is Ruining the Experience. Mm. Yeah. If that is not one of the most privileged statements... Oh, there's a lot of privilege in this article. And you know what? Oh, should I put my seatbelt on, Justin? The word privilege, I don't think we like adequately describe the word privilege, so I'm not going to use it here because I think it's so often misused. Mm. So I'll explain it. Go ahead. What's the okay. privilege? <laughs> so privilege is misunderstood as things coming easy to a, to a certain group of people, right? That like that. Oftentimes, when people hear this word, there's upset, there's upset or anger because it's like, oh well, I struggled too, or I didn't have a lot of money. That's like a go-to response. And here's what I want to say about that: everybody has had some, if not multiple, privileges over other people. Okay, everybody. That includes folks of color. That includes folks from different religious backgrounds. What privilege really speaks to is the idea that there are experiences, right, and opportunities that you have, not only that other groups of people don't get, but that you're not aware of, okay? So that's really what privilege is, the lack of awareness, right, in in the moment or in general, that there are access to opportunities, experiences uh, that, that have come to you much easier or with much less hurdle than other groups of people. Yeah, not that you didn't have to work hard for it, but there are things that you can't see, like I think you said, a lack of awareness. So let's talk about a lack of awareness. Here we go. I sense a whole (laughs) lot of lack of awareness coming. I'm ready for it. Bring it. All right, so like he starts it with, my family and I have been loyal Disney customers for decades. We vacation at Disney World every year. We take a Disney cruise every year or two. Consequently, we spend too much money in Orlando. Pause. Yeah. Let's reflect on that. Are there any privileges in that? I would like you to count them if you could. If you're listening, just take note of the privileges. This guy's going to Disney World all the time, right? So they obviously have the funds to go to Disney World all the time. Um, If you're new to the episode, please tune into the episode where we talk about and give estimates of the cost that it takes for a family of four to go to Disney World. It's expensive. Yeah. And I don't want to say that this guy doesn't work hard for his money. I don't want to say that this guy doesn't make sacrifices Mm -hmm. in his entertainment budget so he can go to Disney World. Because I know people do that. Sure. I, I think it just, yeah, I think this does come from a place where this gentleman is able to make those sacrifices to go, right? And he's in the position that he has the funds to do. Uh, and it goes on to say, unfortunately, I'm strongly rethinking our commitment to Disney and thus Orlando. The more Disney moves away from the values and vision of Walt Disney, the less Disney World means to me. He's pulling the Walt card. So, uh, so let's. I would love to hear him explain how he thinks they're pulling well, away from Walt's vision. Him, you, and you don't want to hear it. But I think let's go back to the beginning of this segment where we said, hey, Walt said that Disneyland was founded on the hard truths. Okay. So, yes, the hard truths are making this gentleman uncomfortable, maybe, or the reality of the current world is making this guy uncomfortable. And, or he's reading the experience of what Disney has been, right, before this DI was something that they really took on seriously. And I, and I to some extent, get it, because though Walt's words were about hard truths, he wasn't saying that, I don't think, or thinking about actual the hard truths that we're talking about. What was he talking right? about? Right, because I think... What was Walt talking I about? I think he was talking truths? about hard truths as far as his personal family's experiences, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Main Street, right? Folks that work really hard, you know, working class is, is what I'm going to 
yeah. which is it's valid, but but that's not speaking to that's not speaking to everyone. So I think this gentleman is responding to, oh well, now we're getting away from what the parks were, which kind of was this more Main Street USA feel, and I don't like that. Yeah. Well, and let's talk about that, right? Because the parks, one of their keys is show, right? The mm-hmm. parks are a story that we experience, and he talks in here saying. The spell is broken when the immersive experience is shattered by the real world. And boy, has Disney been breaking this immersion. So he wants to be immersed in a fantasy world that is very comfortable to him as an individual. Yes. Disney World is a fantasy world. Absolutely. But, and we we want to be comfortable in this fantasy world. So yeah, Main Street is a fantasy of 1890 to 1910 America, mm-hmm. Confederate America. And I get it's a story and I, and I love that, you know, it's there. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand that not everyone is comfortable with that immersive story. So it's not about like the reality coming in. And I think he talks here about, you know, Disney did this all in the name of allowing cast members to express themselves. Okay, so cast members being people outside of your fantasy is what's ruining it for you. Mm. Come on, dude. That's I have to say about that. Come on, dude. The problem is I'm traveling across the country and paying thousands of dollars to watch someone I do not know express themselves. No, you're not. You're paying thousands of dollars to travel across the country and enjoy the show. Okay? I don't see how someone having tattoos breaks immersion for you, right? We're in a story where the villain is an octopus, right? It's not an actual octopus when you see her. No, and you know that. Right? (laughs) She's made out of felt and stuffing, right? You let it go because it's part of the story. This guy serving you ice cream in the 1890s has tattoos on his arm. Mm -hmm. You can let it go, Mm -hmm. okay? You can handle Ursula not being represented by a stinky fish, Right. But the dude selling you ice cream having a tattoo on his arm or dreadlocks is really throwing your vibe. I think that's a, that's a him problem. I don't think it's really a Disney problem. No, it's not at all. That's right. That's we're talking about what is uncomfortable. Then he gets on to the Splash Mountain. Splash. Uh, oh, let's hear this. Because he's saying, you know, it must be changed with his association with Song of the South. And he also goes on to talk about, you know, changing the human trafficking scene on the Pirates of the Caribbean. He says it shouldn't have been changed? Yeah, he says it shouldn't. He doesn't call it the human trafficking. He's, you know, he, he's vague about it. Um, and, and he talks about the Jungle Cruise. So he goes on all these rides, and now that it, things are being changed, he's getting pulled out of the immersion. And I think this is just, this is where I'm going to leave it, a bit, on the Jungle Cruise. Because what this person says, I think it's very much, like, you hear things like this a lot. So every grown-up in the room realizes that Trader Sam is not a representation of reality. It is meant as a funny and silly character. So Trader Sam is the the, um, the head salesman at the end of the Jungle Cruise, right? Mm-hmm. Every grown-up in the room realizes that Trader Sam is not a representation of reality and is meant as a funny and silly character. He's basically saying, it's a joke, get over it. Mm-hmm. I just gotta say, like, Disney World's great for adults, but maybe he doesn't know a lot of kids go to Disney World. Yeah. And a lot of kids don't have that context. Mm-hmm. And they're just absorbing that as dark skin man has skulls yes yes they're concrete yeah i'd love to talk to y'all about child development maybe we'll do that on a <laughs> and i <laughs> we'll do that on another episode i rode jungle cruise in my lifetime probably a dozen times i've never heard a parent explain to them the nuances of <laughs> you know uh, of of that of that you know right. and that it would be crazy if they did you know when the skipper's not doing it they're telling jokes 
So yeah, okay, maybe every grown-up has an idea that that's not true and it's a character, but, and then my second part of this is, why is that silly and funny? Why is it silly and funny? Mm -hmm. Answer that question, why that's silly and funny, and then explain it to the kid. And, and if, you're, if you're honest about why that's silly and funny... It's probably going to be very uncomfortable, and you probably wouldn't be comfortable sharing it with your kid. Yeah, so yeah. I'll, I'll leave it at that. So this yeah. guy, um, I, I don't really want to link this in the... I'm going to link it in the show notes, just so you can read it and get angry like I did. Um, you would be an indignant white guy just like me. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so that's some of the park stuff. So that, I, I mean, I think Disney's trying to make some improvements on a long history of... I don't even want to call them missteps, just a, a long history of problematic things. They're trying to make some changes, um, and like with anything else with Disney World, and with anything else with DIE, there's a lot of pushback. And, yeah. uh, so far... It's, and it's going to continue to happen. Yeah. But they're Disney. I mean, I, so I think that, again, the majority of the people are, are, are not against it. They're, Disney's going to be fine. Yeah. Well, Disney's... Um, and even if they weren't, ethically... Yeah, they should still go through with it, right? No, and I don't but think, think Disney's gonna be. Fine. I don't think Disney has a soul. I think Disney's out to make yeah, a buck, and sure. they see that the opinions of America are changing. Yes, and we aren't this guy. Right, we aren't this guy anymore. We're changing, and they know if they want to continue to make a buck, they need to represent the view. And if it's breaking this guy's heart, Disney's gonna be okay with that because there's ten other people that are like, yeah, I don't know if I'm really comfortable with my kids seeing that representation of a native person. You know, I don't like it. Yeah. You know? And I think we're, there's going to be more changes that are going to break a lot of, I don't know what this guy's name is, we'll call him Todd, they're going to break a lot of Todd's heart yeah. out there, you know, like the Tiki Room, You, I don't think it has another 10 years in it. Like, I think it's cute, no. I love the Tiki Room, right? And But it makes me cringe at points, you know, like, we're kind of stepping on Polynesian culture there, you know, we're kind of making Very fun much. of gods, uh, there's a lot of accents in there that are, oof. You know, voiced by white guys, and yeah, that's the other thing I wanted to point out about Spaceship Earth was like the representations, you know, the facial representations. Yeah, it was like just so inaccurate. There's one black lady at the end. That's it. It's like clearly again, their facial features are super European. Yeah, they just like put some darker paint. You know, literally, like that's that's all they did. Yeah, you know, and so I. I'll talk a little bit now. So based off that guy's point too about like changing things, I also want to say that what I'm really interested in and pleasantly surprised at Disney for doing is balancing actually changing and saying, no, we're going to take this really ignorant, racist, hurtful thing out. While at the same time leaving and and like naming um, and owning those racist and hurtful things. I think that's really important and yeah. so we and where do we see that yeah so they have um and i know we linked the uh, the video clip you heard earlier reimagine tomorrow mm-hmm. if you go to that website you can type in reimagine tomorrow what you'll see is something that that disney's doing with advisory groups so what they're gonna what you'll see if you have disney plus now is a lot of their older content that had a lot of racist homophobic etc depictions of people will have an advisory on it mm-hmm. you know saying these are these are the depictions this is this is why we flagged this as such yeah. and what they're doing is they're working with um, different advisory groups so different um, groups with indigenous folks um, you know people of color different religious groups um, 
uh, gender identity groups that come in and are viewing all of their past content and their new content to really bring to them and flag and say this is problematic or this is where you know you should go with this but I, I say that to say it's really powerful because we have been in a stage where a lot of things have just been removed yeah. and I have to say as a, as a person of color while I absolutely agree and, and don't want that content to be perpetuated if it is always removed um, then, then it's just a, a, a ratio of this didn't happen and that's what we see a lot in like our curriculums in schools you know so I think the the common term for this is cancel culture cancel right? culture if we don't agree with something we just erase it we get rid of it it's not there anymore yes. and you say that that's, that can be problematic itself yes and I, I was really impact like wow like I literally said whoa when I was on the, the reimagined site and I saw they have like, uh, for example, the Peter Pan uh, Dumbo and they have the images and it's flagged and you'll see this if you go to watch it on Disney, exactly what the harmful images and depictions are, why they are that way. So it gives you some history, but they're leaving it up, right? They're, they're really owning. Yeah. And that is something that is very, very rare to see on an individual level, on an organizational level, like we are owning that this is what happened and we're, and we're not going to erase it because this is a part of who we have been. The first time I saw that was uh, the Three Caballeros um, mm. video on Disney+. Plus. That's one of the first things I saw on Disney+, Plus because I wanted to check out some of the older stuff I had never seen before. Sure. And it was there. And But if we can bring that concept, though, back to the parks, like... I get why Disney isn't doing it there too. Maybe there's something else they can do, but I get why on Jungle Cruise they're not saying not leaving up Trader Sam and then going into like a five-minute thing about you know um, colonial representations right. so of of uh, indigenous peoples and their relationship to you know stealing the wealth and resources of indigenous people. Yes, that would take me out of the you know story. So I get where it's easier in a park where we're really just trying to keep people in the story and have a good time. Like I don't need a lecture on Jungle right. Cruise. If you don't have time what they're saying there which is so important if we don't have the time to talk about why then then what are we doing right? Then we're not educating and we're not changing the root of the issue which mm -hmm. is people people's lack of understanding of why because we haven't been told that. Yeah. But you so that's wanna, what I think is really do great. You want right? to do that in an amusement park. I no, mean, you there's can't. There's probably some place for it. You know what I mean? To but some I don't extent. think sure. like I'm really interested in people changing their thoughts and behavior. Yes, but no you can't you do can't that do in that, a ride. You can't do that with a hammer on the head. You can't you do that I mean? in a ride, right? If we're like constantly pounding people like this is well this is the truth, this is the truth, this is the truth. Yes. The truth gets tiresome and you know people are on vacation so I get that and I get why you just tweak it. Which yep. is okay now it's going to be a monkey scene and monkeys are funny and everyone loves the monkey scene. It's right. not a problem except yep. for Todd. You know? Right. Well and that's it and, and I but I also think it's important that there's that acknowledgement of we're not just changing it but knowing again and that's a bit of the equity piece right? Do, are we really teaching and educating and, and changing the narrative and if we're not able to do that then we need to just change, right? If we don't have time to really go into explaining it, then we definitely just need to take it out. Yeah. But when we're talking about TV, right? Yeah. I mean, on Disney Plus, that's a great to be able to, and to have conversation. I think this is great because I think this is going to serve as a great way. I'm thinking of even using it, um, you know, with kids, at, you know, at my school as we're bringing, as we're teaching our kids more in school about equity, you yeah. know what it means. So in the, what, so, Dumbo, there's Jim Crow. Literally, There's a Jim Crow. And I watched Dumbo. I had no, I haven't watched it in years, but I was like, oh, 
oh my, oh my gosh, yeah. oh my gosh, it's it's Jim Crow, right? And the three other crows were demonstrating um, that minstrel character, which yeah. was like when white folks would dress up and have blackface on. Right. And or when black folks had to, you know, put exactly. on blackface to be on stage. Exactly. Like, well, you know, and it's named and it's out there and they're leaving it. And I have yet to see any other organization do that they'll take it off right yeah. they'll change it they'll make statements um but but there I, I was really appreciative of the we are owning that this is a part of who we are and we're do we're working to do better but we we can't erase that this is also a big part of of, of who we have been so check that out if you go to reimagine uh tomorrow there's some great video but it talks um you'll see a link at the top it's it's great that talks about these advisory groups which will be kind of um guiding them again through past um content and, and new content so that's a that's a new thing they're doing. Uh, it, so another goal that Disney has, which I thought I thought was a lot, but hey, they're Disney. They know better than I know. Um, for 20, 2022, so that's ne- next year in a few weeks, that their representation goal is going to go to fifty percent. So fifty percent of of entertainment media, so along their um, you know movies, TV, etc., is going to be non-dominant groups, right? So it's going to be groups of folks, uh, people with disabilities abilities, intersections, again, ethnic groups, religions, trans folks, the whole there, but fifth, that's going to be 50% of their content is going to be that much uh, inclusion, inclusive of those groups that are typically marginalized. Right. So, but for them, like just being able to, to see their experience and, and the impact that that has on like self-esteem, right? And anxiety and depression, which is extremely, right? If, if you go so long and you don't, you're pretty isolated being a part of one or maybe a few marginalized identities. Uh, that has a tremendous impact on, on mental health and self-esteem. Absolutely. How about, how about a paycheck? Also, they're getting a paycheck. We're, we're talking about groups that have been marginalized. We're also talking about groups that have been marginalized economically. That's huge. So when we say we're going to dedicate this proportion <laughs> of resources to telling their story, mm-hmm. we're also dedicating... No, well, good. we can't talk about equity. Here's it, and I didn't, I missed this out. We often, people get shy or uncomfortable too. They're on board with equity until it comes to money. Mm-hmm. And we cannot talk about equity in any facet without talking about money. Because money, <laughs> we can all agree, right, is what allows us to to, to move up and own things. Build wealth. And build wealth, right, yeah. for our families. And so, so absolutely, and I'm glad that you, you brought that up because that actually moves me into the, the few things that I, I noted, and maybe there's more behind the scenes that Disney's doing that's really targeting equity, right? So that root cause, how are we changing the root cause, right? Um, the disproportionate lack of access to these marginalized groups of people. Here we go. First thing is they, they are um, having this program called Shorts Incubator, which is cool. Again, if you go to Reimagine Tomorrow, there's a little uh, icon you can click on. So so this is where they are um, gathering um you know, students, adults, etc., from an array of marginalized backgrounds, um, and matching them with executive like content creators at Disney, and literally giving them the experience to um, create shorts, to create movies. There's possible opportunities um, for like a, a show even to be created out of it. They say on the site, you know, that's not guaranteed, but what they are guaranteeing is specifically targeting marginalized groups, giving them that direct mentorship with heads of uh, Disney creation and communication teams um, that really want to do this work. So that's huge because that's access, that's opportunity, and ultimately that's money. 
Equity number two, there's that same incubator for uh, folks from marginalized identities, you know, and a lot of students or young folks that are interested in business and maybe wanting to go into business in, in executives. So they're literally being paired with the top <laughs> uh, folks in Disney, yeah. right? Personal relationships, like these are going to be like one-on-one mentorships. Why? But in, in general, there's a lot of statistics on um, just the increase in effectiveness um, and productivity with diverse groups. I mean, like 30 plus percent. I mean, yeah. like across, like uh, there's a lot of data on that. Um, so I, for the, uh, the business cases, they call it for diversity is that. The Disney Company is a creative organization. How creative sure. can you be when everyone in the organization comes from a very similar background? I cannot. You're, no. They're they're literally yeah they're yes. they're missing you, out on. You will be replaced by a better company. Yes. With a more broad and entertaining view on the world. Sure. You can only make Cinderella so many times. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my little piece there. This access and opportunity, right? Whether that's material or non-material things like uh, again like the men- mentorship kind of tangible but brings opportunity um, for voices to be heard for experiences and of course a lot of that comes down to money right that's what Disney is trying to do or give the appearance that they're doing or yeah, I think yeah. Well, and with these equitable opportunities, that's most interested, most of interest to me. And these opportunities are, are that. And so I think, and that's the real key here, right? So maybe the key is inclusion. You know, the fifth key is inclusion. But if we're just saying people with tattoos and dreads can work here, and we're going to get rid of Trader Sam, if that's all we're doing, it's virtual signaling. Yeah, and that's what Todd is anything. complaining about in his article. He's saying it's all virtual signaling. And you know what? He he and people like him have a point. If that's all this is, then. It's just the company trying to tell us, hey, we're cool. You know, you, we're like you, America. Yeah. If that, and they, if it, they don't, if it doesn't affect the purse, then. Yes. Then and Todd's I, right. I assume somebody there in their equity department has got to be tuning that horn. I mean, somebody, I mean, yeah. for sure. And that doesn't mean these, these things change um, tomorrow. So speaking of stories and diversity, equity, and inclusion, I mean, I guess this falls under diversity and storytelling. Mm-hmm. Recently, just last night, we went to go see Encanto. Yeah, it was beautiful. And the music was just, I was just was like trying not to dance in my seat. Yeah. It was the music was, I just was like, I'm movie. ready for the next time I'm going to play the soundtrack. Fantastic movie. Yeah. And I don't think that story, it like the story's about a family, right? The story takes place in Colombia. Mm-hmm. Um, the story feels to me like I, you know, as a white guy with very little understanding of Colombia, like it comes from that place authentically. Mm-hmm. And I think the story is—it's a story about families. There's elements of the culture of Latin culture. Mm-hmm. You know, there's elements of Latin culture in there that I, it was interesting. It was entertaining. It was great. I think yeah. if that's what this looks like, then keep it coming. Yeah, and and I think a, a balance too between Colombian culture but but also talking about um just very real things that families experience because sometimes the things become so focused you know on a particular culture that there's still like a lot of people that might like I don't know, ethnically identify as that, but culturally, I don't know, be living in another a country, right? And not necessarily relate 100% to that. So the, there were some things, right, that, that spoke to, these are things that come up in families, you know, yes. and I think that's important. Yes. Exactly. That it was, the story that it was, was about families. The setting yes. was Colombia. Yes. But it, they didn't shy away. They didn't make it like a, you know, average American family no. in Colombia. No. You know, um, it was there. 
Um, but the point of the story was, you know, these, this, I, you know, I don't want to give any spoilers, but we, I think we could safely say it was intergenerational trauma in families. Um, I think that was largely what the movie was about. Yeah. Well done. Super entertaining. It's such an important, I mean, such a, I don't think I've seen that be done like that. Yeah. I mean, it was, that was, just be, it was just beautiful. It was beautifully <laughs> executed. Um, and again, I think striking that balance between being like really like culturally specific and people seeing their family. I'll also say representation-wise, it was awesome because a lot of times, even when there is a movie that's trying to be diverse, you can tell when there aren't actually like folks of color yeah. that are part of it. Yeah. And, and that was very apparent in this based on not only the music, but we're talking about like what the, the, the people looked like, right? Like a lot of, especially for people that aren't people of color, they tend to, uh, I think, categorize everyone as like looking the same, right? yeah. like having the same tone of skin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that is so not the case. Right. And they represented that within this family, yeah. you had a range. And that I know being, again, a black woman, all everyone in my family looks very, we all have very different shades. And that's really typical, but I feel like a lot of white families don't, yeah. <laughs> don't recognize that. And and it was really cool to see that in this movie. So is the uh, summary of this discussion, go see Encanto, because it's really good. Go see it. Go see <laughs> it and be ready to download the soundtrack. Yeah. Because it was just, I was just Thumps. like dancing. Just Thumps. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, and really took into consideration, I think, a lot of those DEI elements we talked about today. Thanks for listening to us. I'd love to hear uh, some of your feedback. Yeah. Uh, if you have whatever it is you know send us your feedback we'd be happy to engage with you on this topic yeah. and uh, I, I would love to hear if you're listening or if there's a movie that you have questions about or that there's like certain diversity equity inclusion related themes you know that you'd love to kind of share yeah. that would be awesome chime in chime in and so as always we really love and appreciate you listening to us chime in let us know what you're thinking feeling be on the lookout for those uh little little video clips and images of uh, miss tiana and so uh, she's here go see encanto and go see encanto bye everybody talk to you next week Hey everybody, thanks for hanging out with us today. I know it was a long episode, but uh, trust me, I cut a lot out. Uh, apparently we have a lot to say about this subject. I hope you enjoyed listening, and I truly hope you write into easydizitpodcast at gmail.com or head over to easydizit.com with your point of view. You can also message me on Instagram, easydizit, or check out, you know, the content we got over there. We got some pictures, some videos, some fun stuff. Uh, I'm going to post that, that Dooney and Burke content later this week. Uh, if you'd like to book a trip to check out that immersion-breaking monkey scene yourself, uh, or maybe uh, a trip aboard that uh, galactic star cruiser that I'm really hoping looks like a galactic star cruiser, drop me a line. I'm a travel planner, and I'd love to give you a hand planning your next trip, all at no extra cost to you. Yeah, Disney, Universal, pay me, so you don't have to. And yeah, on that note, for the rest of December, uh, that money that Disney or Universal would pay me, uh, I'll donate to the charity of your choice. So it's a pretty good time to book a trip. Uh, you take a nice vacation and make a nice donation. Oh, that rhymes. Oh, that's good. All right. Until next time, easy dizzit.